Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I am pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Doing especially well after a week or, or eight days off. I'll tell you this, Jeff. You know, we watched that Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance, on ESPN for the last five weeks. And um, there is a part right in the middle where Jordan retires all of a sudden in the middle of his career. He goes and he plays baseball. And this is just on the tail end of these allegations about him having a gambling problem. And uh, there's always been these rumors where people believe that David Stern sent Michael Jordan away for a little bit to sort of like fix the gambling problems, get him away from the NBA, and then allow him to come back without the embarrassment of an actual suspension. So I ask you now, knowing that you're on the inside of this whole thing, Mm -hmm. did Tory Lanez send us away from quarantine radio? And allow us that that seven or eight days off to sort of like separate ourselves from the pack and 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 come back and not not embarrass ourselves. Wow, this this intro has taken like a lot of turns. I did not expect the conspiracy theories to go the way that they did in this sort of curly Q manner. So yes. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tory yeah. Lanes. That's right. Shouts to our brother you win. in quarantine <laughs> radio. Who uh, he sent us away, and now we come back looking great. Is that that yeah, what you're saying? That, that's what I'm saying. I'm okay, saying we look great, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, we started this podcast, a waste of time with this real. Actually, what a roller coaster! Actually, five years ago this week. So shout out to us. Yeah, for... shout out to Jimmy Branley for telling us because <laughs> we had no idea. You know, Jimmy Branley texts me. He goes, "Wednesday's a big day for you." I go, "Why?" <laughs> Said. It's your five-year anniversary. I had five no years. idea. Five years, 307 episodes of Waste Time with It's The Real, 51 episodes of Quarantine Radio, you know, a bunch of It's The Real Classic episodes, some Saturdays with the Indoor Boys episodes, a lot of content out there over five years. And here we are after a week off, and we've decided to go back to the weekly way that we do these things yeah i mean there is no reason for us to be doing a daily podcast because there's so many other options out there right now i think that a lot of the stories that we would tell are being told and very well and very well yeah so shout out to everybody who's you know on instagram live shout out to everybody who is doing uh twitch shout out to everybody who is uh starting podcasts now what we do and what we do well is a waste of time with it's the real yep and uh what this week is also given us is a chance to assess bigger picture ideas um, beyond the podcast. And we spent a lot of time uh, working on those projects and we feel really good about them. So aside from from the ideas, aside from I did laundry. That's um, so dope. Aside from not being awake every I night. I gave until myself a haircut. 2 a.m. I was about is. to ask you, what are you most proud of this week? Well, that's not what I'm most proud of. I gave myself <laughs> a haircut and the reviews are in from both my brothers. One called it a bad mushroom and the other one said that it looked like I lopped off a chunk of hair on one side. Mm. So I think that it's like f- forward thinking. I think that it's, um, I think mm. you guys just don't get it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. But uh, it so, is, it is definitely a haircut I've never had before. Jeff, I, I will tell you, you mm-hmm. look great in headphones. It looks really good from the front. Look great, great in headphones. It looks great from the front. No one is saying otherwise. If I just turn my head in either direction, I think it gets a little dicey. And you didn't want to video this episode, why, Jeff? <laughs> Jeff's like, oh no, not not the work. I don't want to, you know, edit. I don't want to, you know, Photoshop. I don't. Well, wanna... no, I just think that like <laughs> the stories sort of get lost in a visual medium, you know. Um, I I, I want to say this. 
we so appreciate everybody who uh, was part of Quarantine Radio. That's the guests. That's the listeners. That's the people who encouraged us when um, we didn't know what to do. Wait, yeah. there's also the people who said that they listened to it and definitely did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shout out to anybody who yeah. was like, you want to know what? Like, <laughs> you guys are killing it right now. Because everybody would tell us, you guys are killing it. And we're like, yeah, I know you're not listening. <laughs> I, I know you're not listening. They're like, you still got one guest, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, we're back to a weekly schedule. We have uh, guests lined up once a week. It's something that you guys can look forward to. It's something that we will look forward to. And and again, lots more projects on the way from us. Um, you know, the podcast is is one facet to us, and five years is is a pretty tremendous run for I us. I totally forgot. Like in this conversation, I yeah. forgot that we had talked about the five year anniversary. <laughs> Shout out to Jimmy Branley. Shout out to Jimmy Branley. Shout out to us. I guess we get like sweatpants or something. Like, yeah, what's yeah, a yeah. gift yeah. that like we get for five years? I, I'm down for sweatpants. Uh, by the way, you guys should look out. Uh, for new merch coming very very soon jeff has designed uh new t-shirts yeah so it is perfect for that summertime weather on the way jeff before we get into anything else i do want to say that one thing that came out of quarantine radio was a ton of people who joined our patreon and what patreon.com slash it's the real is is a way for you guys who really really truly and honestly believe in what we've done for the past 13 years who believe in what we have going on right now and who really believe in what we have in the future and have invested in us and have shown that investment through two dollar donations through uh, three dollar contributions through five dollar contributions ten and on from there and uh we have really really cool givebacks that we were talking about just today that we're going to let you know about very soon uh get togethers on zoom that are not just us talking it's not us talking at you it is going to be a very unique and fun experience on Zoom. We're going to have merch give uh, giveaways. We're going to have lots of different experiences that being a member and investing in us will reward you back uh, in, in certain ways. And we wanted to shout out uh, a bunch of you who joined very recently. Yeah, I just want to say it almost sounds like you're making it all up, but I promise that it is real. No, it's real. Like you were just giving like zero details. You're like, I promise any you guys it's going to be so good it's going to be so good <laughs> well, and it's going to be so real and um but yes we do have actual givebacks that we are doing on our patreon and you should go check it out patreon.com slash it's the real uh, i want to shout out patrick cahill i want to shout out bram gonshar michaela barnett sean mannion lily no last name just lily Haley riggs annie ma joshua wilborn leslie guam and Jack Hamilton. And that's in addition to the hundreds of other people who have uh, made it their business to be in business with our business. Shout out to all of you guys out there. Again, these givebacks are real. They are so real. Guys, they're just <laughs> sitting in our apartment. You just can't see it because the cameras are off. They're, like, yeah. They're they so real. No, no. But but uh, truly and honestly, we appreciate you guys. And we're going to show that back to you in lots of cool ways. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention from this week off was that we started off styles p's new album ghost your enthusiasm we are the first track on there we are we are the 11th track on there as you know guys who grew up on the locks as guys who have found it just mind-blowing to be great friends with each of the members of the locks to be asked to bring our talents to styles's album was you know 
Yeah, and I mean, like, it, I, it got I, like I'm, the I'm be- at a loss for words. It got the best reaction, which is like the best part. Yeah. So shout out to everybody who's checking that out. It is available everywhere right now, and that's why we were excited to get on the phone with our man Styles P and talk to him about a whole bunch of stuff, including whether whether if he if he found our skits to be just trash. Would he, he still would, include it? He would not use them. Yeah. 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 So shout out to Styles P. Shout out to Jadakiss. Shout out to Sheik Luge. Shout out to all you guys. Wait, who are why s- are we shouting out Jada and Sheik? We didn't get on their album. Jeff, I'm trying to, you know, butter them up. See if we can, you know, all right. make it make it onto that Locks album, which Whatever. is on the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do want to say right before we get into this, an actual give back, which you did not mention, which is weird because it is a, a real thing that's happening. We have extra episodes of our podcast that we're going to be putting up on our Patreon just for our Patreon supporters. Our first one is with Al Harrington. And that is at patreon.com slash it's the real. Jeff, when do you want to get into this episode? Right now. Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. the Thighmaster, a.k.a. Squeezing Clips. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. Bored in the House. Yeah, I'm in the house, Bored, a.k.a. Clarice from Silence of the Lambs. What up? What up? It's SP the Ghost, a.k.a. Holy Sabbath, <laughs> a.k.a. The Heim, a.k.a. <laughs> Golden Black Cloud. <laughs> yeah, it's your third favorite podcast to waste time with. It's the real. SP, what's happening? What's good, B? Everything's good. Yo, first of all, congratulations on this new album. It's called Ghost Your Enthusiasm, Styles David. Obviously, it's a play on the incredible and uh, long running Curb Your Enthusiasm uh, by Larry David. What was for you? the uh the sort of impetus for for this project um of course i'm a big curve fan and i think i receive a lot of the same energy larry <laughs> just a cool guy for some reason i'm always at, i get approached by dickheads in situations, <laughs> and i'm like a logical guy and my park prick sometimes maybe, <laughs> i'm pretty logical other than that so i find myself in a lot of um weird enthusiastic situation so i like to you know ghost the enthusiasm of the when world. does that reveal itself like i mean like i know that you and i have a sort of like you know <laughs> tension uh tense relationship but like you know what about like are you when you're going to the store like what where where are places that you've had like arguments with people twitter oh my god oh, well yeah <laughs> twitter um i don't really argue with people in real life um that's just because of my, my past history. An argument can lead to a fight. So if I argue with you or if I even go back and forth with you, it's because I love you and I know I can't get to a fight. But pretty much when it comes to strangers and um, things like that, I, I try to, you know, I try to just stay cool. Everybody's opinion, everybody's really opinionated and opinions like assholes. So everybody <laughs> got one. So you have such like, a distinct sense of humor that we love. You know, a lot of people like come to us and they're like, yo, out of the three locks members, who has the best sense of humor? And honestly, like, you're all really specifically funny, but yours can be, like, I feel, like, pretty deceptive. People could take it as, like, yo, Styles is, like, really, really darkly funny, or Styles is, like, super serious about something and I don't know how to take it. Who does not understand it, like, the most? Like, does Ajua not really understand her sense of humor, or has she gotten uh, it she after all? She, she definitely gets my sense of humor. <laughs> But like, if you if you get yourself in a situation where uh, you know you you throw the you throw the chair at Puff right in that meeting, is that funny to you or is that like super serious? And can you explain yourself afterwards? I mean, it's funny later on in life. 
It's like funny when I when I think about some of the shit at the time it wasn't funny. It was funny because I twisted my ankle throwing this shit. So when I think back laughing about it, it's it's funny shit. Um you know, I think I think with people with me like I'm a I'm a like um if you know me, you know me. And if you don't, I probably don't give a fuck. So it could it would go either way. So a person might take me as super serious, but if I like don't know a person, I don't I don't think my opinion of them, nor vice versa, really matters because we don't know each other. Yeah, like, you know what I mean. So um, I tend to not joke with people I don't know. Like, like I said, if you know me, I joke around with you. Like people who know me get my sense of humor. Yeah, you know I love to laugh. You know they know I'm not. Um, I'm only serious with serious shit. Like other than that, I'm pretty much getting stoned and <laughs> drinking juice and just trying to laugh like you know what i mean who has the best sense of humor that we don't know about like is x a super funny guy like was definitely really dmx is super funny his character is incredible like what kind of sense of humor does he like to like rag on people or is he just like super heady or what kind of sense of humor does he have i say he has a very witty sense of humor he's not like a, a rag on people too much i think unless it's his people and they really cool like i said i think certain people only really fucking joke with people in certain ways that they know, like you know what I mean. Then other than that, he's just a, you. You never seen an ex interview? He's fucking witty. As shit. He's funny. He's blatantly blunt, like you know what I mean. He's very blunt about what he says. So, it, 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 you know, I love ex's sexy sense of humor, man. Do you it's, think it's actually um? Go ahead. He, he's he has he has an essence about himself, and and his jokes are are life like really makes you think about life do you yeah, think th those aren't jokes then those are like yeah, proverbs life is a joke <laughs> <laughs> life, so life a is joke. a joke yeah. there you go yeah, yeah. Did, <laughs> did you see uh, a couple days ago on twitter uh someone had posted a clip from cypher sounds uh improv show down at ucb and chic was the guest and and I don't know how it got brought up, but someone was talking about the Benjamins and Sheik was was talking about when you guys went down to the studio and you heard the beat and it happened to be Missy Elliott was there and she was the one who picked out that Jada was going to be on this part and Sheik was going to be on this part and then they were going to collaborate on writing and you were sort of like pushed out of the way. And, you know, the crowd loved that and that's sort of like a funny moment, especially in retrospect. Did you find humor in that moment, and can you laugh about it now? Um, yeah, for me, I never really liked the beat. You know what I mean? <laughs> to be honest with you, they didn't either. <laughs> Street Orchids didn't like the beat either, so it wasn't something. I don't really. Um, I use everything as a motivational force for me. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, you're so like I Michael Jordan. I don't. I, I yeah. I, I wish, but um, <laughs> I got great work ethic though. That's one thing, but um. Yeah, when it when it comes to when it comes to music and rhymes, like um, I just pretty much focus on what I do, and um, I take the good with the bad because I always feel like I'm just lucky to be here. Like seriously, I shouldn't even been able to have a rap career. So for that's why I try to stay cool as as possible and um, pretty much give off energy and try to try to remain humble because I didn't have to have a career. I could have been locked up for a long time, like you know what I mean. By the grace of God, I slid out of some by the skin of my teeth. So I always look at it as just whatever happens, happens. I'm just glad to be here. So this is all so, just bonus time right now. Yeah, for me, like every every everything, the whole thing since day one it was like, holy shit, I could have not been here. So to be here and um to just 
be able to do it, period. It's cool. And um, you got to always celebrate when somebody else is doing good. Like, you, you know, I think that's something my mom taught me as a child and it kind of stuck with me. Like, if you get jealous or you get green with envy, then you won't be able to focus in and do what you got to do for yourself. If you don't make something, you, ain't, you didn't get it. That's just how life flows. But you keep it pushing. So it was a great thing. Like, you know what I mean? Shit, I still got the award. They better yeah. <laughs> the got to rhyme the first on that shit. <laughs> um, what's the biggest room that you've been in where you looked around and you were like, well, you know, like, this is this is where, like, I deserve to be. Like, this is this is... You you took ownership of the fact that you were there. Um, it's hard to say because I felt like we belonged before we got here. Like you know what I mean? I think that's the part that got us here is knowing we belonged. Like you know what I mean? Um, but more more than anything, I would be I would say going back to to just instead of more so of, of a room or one particular room, I just remember getting accolades from the from the elder MCs. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. So where a rock ham and a KRS says you nice and you doing your thing to me, you know that that was like the most amazing shit. These are like, those are my you know, these are people I train under. That I've studied their styles. Of it's like Bruce Lee and they like the master hips. Like you know what I mean. So I looked at that as anytime you know those who came before us would say we nice or yo we, we fuck with y'all and y'all do this. It was just an honor. Like you know what I mean. Even from even be honest, just first coming in the game. We first came in the game, the bad boy, Big, was the illest MC out doing the illest things. So for him to even say, yo, y'all are fucking dope. Y'all rhyme, rhyme. Like, no, y'all rhyme, rhyme. So for me, I would say I would, I would say those two things. But also Biggie like sort of like came at you on that first song. I mean, yeah, for, not, not for your skills, but for the fact that you guys were, he felt like you guys were getting ahead of yourselves in terms of like talking about like uh, jewelry and money and that sort of thing. Yeah, it probably was. That's what all MCs do. That almost happens almost on every song. Some people just don't get it. <laughs> Styles, when when you think about a project in, in 2020 and, and you come out and you hit us up and you're like, yo, I need your guys' talents. I need you to be funny on a couple of skits for me. Is this something that goes back all the way to, you know, growing up off off of albums, you know, like Biggs or, or, or other people's where it's like, yo, there is that element of comedy and you need to have it in a rap album that matters. I mean, it depends how you're feeling. Like, um, for me personally, I take, I treat every project different. Like, you know what I mean? I don't go into any project with a, with a certain structure. I go with more how it's feeling, and I felt like that was needed. Like, you know what I mean? For this particular project, it fit in. It fit in perfectly. Um, I think I, you know, the way we we vibe and flow with certain shit, I felt like that would fit. Yeah. Or interludes, like you know what I mean? And especially it's um. We could all appreciate Larry's, like, you know what I mean, sense of humor. Yeah. And things like that. I feel like people with certain sense of humor is like, I feel like a lot of my Twitter people over Twitter through the few years have got my sense of humor. Like, you know what I mean? A lot of people go, yo, you're fucking crazy, weird guy. <laughs> or funny. So it's like people get it. I just, I, I don't know. I, I'm just big on being myself mm-hmm. and making what I feel like needs to be made when I want to make it. Like, you know what I mean? I don't. Certain times I do do that, and this this just felt like that was needed. I really do what I feel is needed. Yeah, well, I mean, like, would you have kept us on after you asked us, and knowing our relationship, if we didn't do a good job, would you have still kept us on the project? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yo, yo, so Styles about a month and a half ago, two months ago, hits us up and he's like, yo, I need you guys on this. Uh, think about it. Get back to me. And, and we would talk and we would text regularly or whatever. And then one day, like a month later, Styles hits us up and he goes, yo, we're going to mastering tonight. I'm going to go take a shower. I'm going to smoke a joint, have something ready in an, in an hour. And we're like, uh <laughs> yeah and, and so eric freaked out and was like writing down ideas and like putting a lot of work in i took a nap <laughs> <laughs> and and we congregated uh an hour later we called styles up and uh created these two skits that that live on the album um we didn't hear back from styles because that, that was a saturday night and i think there was a versus battle going on yeah so we didn't hear from styles until like 1 a.m to let us know that it was all right so we sat there through this whole battle being like do we fuck up our shot? Like, yeah. like, is this gonna happen? And actually, you know what? Shout out to Poobs who hit us right away and was like, "Yo, you guys fucking hit it out of the park." And we were like, "Oh, dope." But yeah. still, we gotta wait and see. Yeah, what we have to see what Styles thinks. I was high. I had a busy day. <laughs> no, but but you know what? You know what meant a lot to us is like if we think about like Biggie's skits and you talk about like you know shitting on the bitch and all that, right? Uh, and it's done with that sort of like one person's on the phone, one person's in the studio. That's what this felt like, you know, that it had that energy to it. Yeah, hold on. Get your ass up, Madonna. <laughs> hey, get up. Come on. This is the best because Sorry. we were on the phone with Jim Jones last week and he was yelling at his dog. So this is like a continuation of that. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> um Styles, when you uh, when you started this this quarantine or this sort of new way of living, where during the pandemic everyone is staying at home for most of their time, did you know you were going to drop a project, or were you just like, I don't know what tomorrow's going to look like? No, nah, I still went with my schedule, what I said I was going to do. Like, you know what I mean? Um, I felt like, fuck it, like get the music out. Like, you know what I mean? It's a it's a lot going on. And just get the music out. People need relief, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, you, you've got a lot of music that's sort of on the way still. Yeah, definitely. You know, always work. Locks album coming out pretty soon. Well, yeah, always but... but single out. But does that mean that you're still going to the studio and you're still, like, conducting yourself on the same schedule as you did? No, it works different because, one, we rebuild in D-Block Studio. Two, um... Doing a quarantine thing is it's been a whole different vibe. So I just go to a studio with me and the engineer. It's just us two in the studio, pretty much. And um, it's weird when you. I mean, it's cool. I, I I work like that a lot, but it's not forced. Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Are you somebody you who who works better? with like a crowd around you in the studio or are you better who with when you're like working alone um it depends how i feel most of the time i prefer alone or a slight crowd mm -hmm. like just to be you know get some normal human time and and sometimes ideas and a lot of thoughts are you get just from talking to people or hearing different things so well what's know. what's a song that you did that or reverse where there were just like a ton of people in the room like did you where, where were you when you recorded uh akon's uh locked up verse um d block studios there was definitely a ton of people around <laughs> i do both like you know what i mean i prefer not a ton of people around but if, if um i think that's one thing an mc has to do is kind of kind of train himself to be prepared for any situation 
Yeah. Because, like, that's just how I like to work. But say I'm going to do, you know, um, pre-corona, if I'm going to do a, a feature, I, I went to do features and people had 40 dudes in the studio. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, do you like feel... In a small room. Yeah, do you feel, like, performative in that situation? Or are you, like, a little more hesitant to say, like, yo... No, nah, I'm cocky as fuck. If you, the more people there, and it's... It depends on the energy I'm getting to. Like, so if it's a cool energy, then I'm cool. If it's, like, a skeptical energy, then it just kind of makes me cockier. And I'll probably say some extremely hard shit. Yo, Styles, you're... When people think of, like, New York MCs, you are at the very, very top of that list. Was it anything weird to link up with Lil Jon to, you know, to, to rhyme on a southern beat that he brought? No. That's my guy. No, no, I of like course, yeah. Well, how did you meet him? I can't remember. I think I met him at an event or... I have the slight... I have the garbageest memory for a rapper. I smoke so much. <laughs> it's like I focus on the rhymes more than the other shit. But I've met, I met him... I met him a while, while before we even did that song. I was always um, actually cool with John. You actually know what's crazy? I snuck into um, my first time ever, and my first time time ever in Germany. God bless the dead. Um, I snuck in with Big Cap and Little John. Wow. Yo, wait. How I, did you? I, hold I on. I, in, I, I seen him in Amsterdam. Yeah. We were all in Amsterdam. They had a show in Germany. Um, I just happened to be in Amsterdam. <laughs> I wasn't doing shit. I was dolo. So I was like, um, me and Cap, God bless. We were smoking all day. We went to mad things, mad coffee shops. He tapped out on me. <laughs> he said, I can't fuck with you, P. You smoke a lot. <laughs> so he tapped out on me, but he said, yo, let's get up later. We got this show. So I'm thinking the show is actually like in Amsterdam. And then they're like, nah, we're going to Germany. And I'm like... I'm like, oh, nah, I can't go to Germany. I ain't got the paperwork. Or what. Like, they have paperwork. I was like, nah, just just get in the back. Before we get to the border, lay in the trunk. <laughs> it was like a Jeep. So I was laying under the back seat. They got in. I was chilling. Got in, got out, no problem. Yo, uh, you know, I tell people all the time. By the way, it pays to be like 5'8". Oh. <laughs> Huh? It pays to be as tall as you are. Like, I could never hide yeah, in the sure. trunk. Yeah. Yo, I tell people all the time, Big Cap really was, like, that route for Southern artists to get up here, especially Lil John, because Cap, I'm, I'm pretty sure, broke, as far as I'm concerned, he broke B.I.B.I. here in New York at the tunnel by just, like, going in on that record. Yeah, he broke a lot of records in the tunnel. Cap broke a lot of shit, man. Cap was a beautiful soul, is a beautiful soul part of so. Beautiful, beautiful, humble soul, man. When you when you think back about the tunnel, what does what does that venue and and those nights mean to you? I can't hear that golden era. All that comes in my mind is golden era. You know what I mean? From because it was like we used to go to the tunnel a lot as regular people before we actually made it. Like you know what I mean? Then making it, then skipping the line, then all of that shit. So it was kind of it was it was beautiful. Well, I mean, that's beautiful. It's one of the most beautiful times I feel in um, New York City hip hop nightclub scene. And you just shouted out Peter Gation. Like, what was your? How did you meet him? What was your relationship with him? I don't know Peter Gation. I just know niggas like him. 
<laughs> not okay. Well, these days, obviously, like, you know, kids are sort of getting used to this idea of Travis Scott on Fortnite, and that is a concert to them, right? Like, who knows what, like, live events are going to look like moving forward. But when you think back about, like, the tunnel and that energy in there, whenever an artist showed up or if you're in the crowd or whatever, like, that is the definition of New York hip-hop, right? Yeah. I definitely would say that. Can you... All right, Styles, take us through uh, the recording studios you guys would use for for Money, Power, Respect, and then when you transition to go into like Rough Rider Studios, and then the difference between those two environments. Well, we was in Rough Rider Studios way before we was recorded at anything. We would record at um, Daddy's House, of course, for Money, Power, Respect. Yep. And but before we did that, we had always recorded at um, Rough Rider Studio. But what was the was difference our- in in energy in each of those places? Well, I think Rough Rider Studio was home base for us. It was something familiar. It's like being at home. One is sitting in our hometown. One, we already worked out of there before we even made it. And it was just a different kind of energy. By the time we was doing We Are The Streets, you know, we went through our transition with um, Bad Boy. We had done Money, Power, Respect. We had, um, you know, we had certain ideas we wanted to complete. So just working on We Are The, the Streets and Rough Riders was just... It was like being at home, actually. As to where Bad Boy was really cool, like you know what I mean, but it wasn't being at home. But but what made you transition from recording at, at Rough Rider Studios to establishing D Block Studios, and and what is the difference between? Uh... Well, that's just coming up. We was getting older and becoming grown. You you want to be able to work when you want to work, how you want to work for as many hours as you want to work. Then you want to think about doing other things, like you know what I mean. Um, I think I think the the artist mentality should always be business mentality too. Like, okay, I start like this. This is what I've done. This is what I did. Now, what am I going to do? Yeah, we would you know? always we would talk with like you know all all the Rockefeller guys about baseline and and they sort of compared themselves and and everybody being around and you know the ideas that would flow because everyone was in the studio around each other and the competition and, and the, the vibes yeah. and the, all that to Motown, right? And because everyone was in the snake pit up in, up in uh, Hitsville, up in, up in Detroit. Um, yeah. Did you guys feel that same kind of spark when you were at Rough Rider Studio or even like over the last decade being at, at, at uh, D-Block? Yeah, I mean, for me, I always feel that sparkle because I have two partners. Besides anything else, I have two partners that mom's dope. So I don't really even need much to get inspired. Like, you know what I mean? When you're in a group, you automatically have someone to feed off their energy. Especially, like, you know, when they, when it's two dope people, you're going to always stay inspired. But, like, yeah, early Rough Riders, us, DMX, Mace running around, um, just other MCs, just it being a battle, war zone. It just gives you a different kind of energy. I mean, steel sharp and steel. Like you know what I mean? That's the way anything you do in life. It doesn't matter what what your job is or what walk of life it is. When you're around people who are like minded, share the same passion, and you know the energy is good, you bound to come out with some with some dope vibes and some dope music. Like you know what I mean? One is competitive, and then one everybody's sharing a, a likeness and a, a, a common common goal of trying to get somewhere from doing something they love so you only get the you only get the best when you kind of take notice of it and just do what you do every day because that energy is the energy is just like there's days i feel like shit and i don't feel like working i have no plans to do anything and i'll go to the studio and i hear she could kiss verse then i'm back 
like that whole feeling of how I just felt leaves and now I just feel creative and I feel like getting busy. So yeah, energy is very important. Do you think that you were ahead of your time in terms of your your want to be independent, your your need to uh, vocalize your opinions and your freedom to do so? Yeah, but also like, who did you model your your own career after? Um, I think I took. This is gonna sound weird. I think I modeled my career after um not 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 anyone particularly in music. I looked at it more so as of um Dan, this is fucked up to say. A drug dealer. Supply and demand. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. Supply and demand. I always looked at it like um from a drug dealer standpoint, a big corporation standpoint, and a fan standpoint. So, as a fan, I would know always know like if I I I, I love the MC and love the shit he said that um I wanted to hear as much of from him as possible. So, with being a fan of that, I I take that model with being an MC, and then going okay if I want to make sure I'm doing this like this or doing this like that, then I need to kind of run it like a business. Like you know what I mean? I have to really run it like a business i'm not just an artist i'm a businessman there's money involved so anytime there's money involved structure involved you got to look at it more so like a business so started looking at it like um this is what successful entrepreneurs do and this is what successful drug dealers do i've seen it both happen and i kind of put a little mixed twist of it on my own and what, what... Meshed, them, meshed them both in the middle what was the like straw that got you to that point? Because I mean, like you had been on labels before, and then at a certain point you were you were disillusioned with the system that existed, and you were just like, "Well, fuck that, I'm gonna do this." Well, it's, I mean, I think sometimes I think sometimes common sense kicks in. I started looking like um, it's way too many artists. I started looking at kind of like the structure of the label, like when you you're an artist, then you go to a label. The label has think about just all the people who works at the label, like you know what I mean. Then you start thinking about, damn, look how many other artists they got to work with. Then you start thinking about, are they going to give a fuck about my shit if I'm not the top spot? Like, you know what I'm saying? Or in the top spot? And the answer is no. So if you like the fucking 10th hardest artist on the label, money-wise I'm talking about, not talent-wise, but like, like, you know what I mean? Fame money-wise, then you're not going to get as much attention as you want. So fucking Jan from um, publicity and Bob from marketing <laughs> focusing on the other fucking they main acts that's selling millions of records so when I kind of took that in the notion you start looking at it like okay I gotta put my put my shit in my own hands and, and work it to the point where I know it's worked you can't really complain about it if I'm doing the work yeah I mean, you know well, I mean well can you talk about the uh, the first time that you actually did go independent like and the work that was required to work your records like what what was the biggest challenge at that point and what was the easiest thing for you i have um the easiest thing that it was one second the easiest thing the easiest part was it was it was i didn't have so much of a headache i didn't have label people a bunch of label people to deal deal with i knew exactly who i was dealing with why i was dealing with them um the hard part was just doing extra jobs you wasn't doing before. Like you know what I mean? Just staying on top of everything. It was more new than hard. Like I I wouldn't want to say hard, I would rather choose the word difficult. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of people who and listen, you know, when we had our first manager, a comedy manager back in like 
2009 or 10 or something like that. Yeah. And, and we, we thought that that was like the sign of like, we made it, right? But they're not going to do the work that you have to do. And it's funny because uh-huh. because a lot of people now are just like, yo, all I need is someone to represent me and take me in the building and do this, that, and the other thing. And it's like, no, you have to put in the work. <laughs> they they have to do the intangibles that like you cannot do, you know? So uh, as an independent artist, as you know what? You're somebody who is ahead of your time on, on uh, being independent, on smoking weed, on being, you know, uh, strongly... Uh, smoking weed? You know, no, no, but like in, in, in music, putting that out there and making it like a Styles thing. wasn't like the Jackie Robinson of... Smoking weed. Snoop was. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm just saying Styles has been busted. I mean Redman. Yeah. Snoop. I I think you've done your thing. For street, I think you mean for street rappers. Yes. More more hardcore underground. So having having been uh, ahead of the curve on a whole bunch of things, what's one thing you feel like you were ahead of the curve on that just did not take? Um, Yo, juicing. That was another thing you were like on early. Like, yeah. I feel like you've had so many successes. What's one thing you thought you know you you had the vision for it? You were like, "Yo, this is it," and it just didn't go. Probably working Films. with us. <laughs> Wait, what'd you say? Films. It didn't work out. I mean, I have. I'm not where I want to be, so I can't say it worked out. I'm not a successful filmmaker, so I always say films. Yo, people hear this all the time from you when you're like, you know, they'll see you on Twitter and you'll be like. Fuck music. I'm retiring next year. I'm over this. I'm I'm gonna start, you know, doing anything else. How seriously should people take you when you say that? Pretty serious. One day I'm gonna find something that's gonna um I guess be therapeutic for me is kicking bars, which probably would be writing films. So I don't know, like sometimes I do it just because it's therapy for me. I know I got a core fan base that loves it, but like like say for instance, like today. I got an album coming out at midnight. Yes. You guys are my friends. You're like the only media people I've spoken to all week. <laughs> but you're my friends. So what the fuck am I doing? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I don't, you know, I, I, I stick I stick around because the fans fuck with me. And, and, you know, other than that, but industry, it's like, if less you hear it from me, you pretty much, and I put out a lot of work. You don't really hear about it. Well, you know to I mean? be fair, you were supposed to talk to Fat Joe the other night, but the government shut down your phone. The government shut down my shit, yeah. <laughs> they well, did, I'm telling you. Wait, 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 take us through that whole thing because uh, I've seen you in, in real life uh, sort of struggle with your phone, try to figure things out. I know when we've tried to do Instagram Lives with you, you'll have to call us on the other line and see like how that works. Uh, I Even if people watched uh, you talk to Nori a couple weeks ago, um, getting you to turn your phone and and figure out how to unlock the uh, the feature that keeps the phone you know vertical rather than horizontal was a was a task. Um, how much do you think that it was your fault that you couldn't connect with Fat Joe? No, nah, that wasn't my fault. That, <laughs> that was, was the government. government. That was the government. Yeah, I forgot on Wi-Fi. I did everything. Man. <laughs> I fucking did everything. I hit my, I hit. I sent the request. I put the Wi-Fi on. I did all that shit. That was the government. They didn't want me to talk to the people. Yeah, they didn't want me to tell them the shit I gotta say. It was really because they, they. You don't think it was the government? Corey was on before me. He's the government. Part of the government. He started he was saying healthy shit. They knew him. They was like, ah, oh, we can't have him. <laughs> and then a street dude come behind him saying the same shit. They fucked my shit up, man. I know it's the government. I definitely have problems with um with phones, though. I've always had my whole life. I don't know why. They either don't work. I don't know if I got fucking um 
something in my body that deads him or something. <laughs> um, your your son Noah, who's who's a great friend and a great producer, uh, is uh, also on this album. He's been on the last couple projects as well. Um, when it comes to listening to his beats, what are you looking for, and do you give him instruction in terms of like how you guys want to collaborate, or is it like you know hands off? Because you have someone like you know Doc Rivers, you know has Austin Rivers traded to his team, and it's just like, well, you can't treat this necessarily like father and son. It's like coach and player, right? So how do you and Noah operate when it comes to just making music? Well, I just approach him as I would approach any other producer. You know, um, really, though, he, he kind of, I guess me and my son, he makes shit that caters to me sometimes or knows the sounds I like or the thing, or sometimes he'll, you know, pull out something and go, I think he'll sound good on this. Like, you know, and so it's pretty it's pretty simple to be be tell you the truth. It's kinda it's kinda it's kinda just hey, I need this, this is what I'm looking for. I want up tempo, I want this, I need that sound. Or I, even besides that, I'll go, This is how I'm feeling. I wanna do this kind of point. Well you know what get it. You know what Noah wants? Noah wants the HBO Go password. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, take us through uh, your experience of taking mushrooms uh, with with Noah because, in quarantine. Yeah, in quarantine because uh, Ajua put that up, and I was like, and she's like, I'm gonna take videos of this, and I was like, please send me those videos. <laughs> she has not uh, sent those to us just yet. But what was your experience taking mushrooms with your son Noah? It was pretty groovy. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty groovy to say the least. It was chilling. That's kind of chilling. It was a cool 420. Yeah, I mean, like, had you had you done it before with him? Nah, that was our first trip. What was uh? What was the vibe Together. that was like in the room? Same fucking vibe as always. <laughs> I'm a horrible dad, but I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm either the most amazing dad or the biggest piece of shit ever. Seriously, as a um, as a parent, I always want my son to feel comfortable around me before he decides to go outside and do anything, like you know, with with someone else. So, from smoking pot, I'd say I'd rather him smoke in the house, be there, be safe, don't have to worry about going to jail, getting arrested. You know, he's always been a good kid, a student, very smart. So, well, I think you sometimes as parents we gotta you know be cool cool as we can. Yeah, wait, so wait, this was his first time taking mushrooms ever? No. No. I said oh, that was no. our first trip together. Got yeah. it, got it, got it. It wasn't his first trip, nor mine's. Right. Our first together. Well, as, as you know, a father during these times, do you ever, like, look back at, at your son and just think, oh, my God, I can't believe, like, he's, like, you can't believe you've made it to this point. But do you look at your son and be like, yo, how did he come out of, like, this household? Like, I'm 50% responsible for that and, like, is it just shocking to you that that you helped create this human being and and he's standing right in front of you as passionate about music as you are and like as as interested in what the world holds as you are and and everything else yeah i mean it's a proud moment it's a, it's, a, it's always a proud moment um you know as 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 you want each generation to do better than the last generation and we pretty much speak about that like you know what i mean um their lifestyle was better. His, his, and um, God bless his sister's lifestyle was better than his mother's or mine coming up. And um, 
ours was better than our parents. So it's for him to kind of understand that, grasp the vibe, and you know, be 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 smarter and better, which he's pretty much doing. So it makes you proud. Styles, what did going to South Africa mean to you, and and what did you get out of there, like spiritually and and an understanding of your ancestry? I mean everything. I mean to to go home, be able to bring my mom home, see her happy, see my land, um, see my people. It it was very spiritual and it very it was very surreal and it was very amazing, eye opening to say the least. It was um one of my most beautiful experiences ever probably in life. So yeah, can't wait to do it again. Actually. Yeah, well, I mean, like, unfortunately, it's going to take like a, a second. But I, I want to ask what, um, when your mom went back and to see a very changed South Africa, what yeah, was that like was, for her? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was a surreal thing. My mom left when my mom left. It was apartheid. Yeah, you know what I mean. So to go back and see it, and and for her, it was amazing to see people not having to suffer how she had to suffer and, you know, those she came up with and just, you know, seeing the kids be able to move around. Of course, there's still a lot of shit and a lot of problems, but just to see change is a beautiful thing. So to see her be able to see that and see her, you know, feel proud, it was a beautiful thing. What was the most familiar thing for her? Um, her hometown. So, I mean, like... Her hometown, the food, everything, it, it was... She fit right. She was right at home. You're you're an adult man. You have lived all this life, and you've gone through you know lots of twists and turns to get to to this place. Do you feel like you still have twists and turns to go? Like, are you learning every day and feel like you know you're not put into any corner? You have you know pivots to to make and adaptations to go through, and you're looking forward to like taking all these things in. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a long journey, you know. I've came a long way, but I always feel I got a long way to go. God willing, if he keeps me alive and breathing and pushing. Um, always more to learn, knowing I know nothing. So, so definitely always more stuff to learn or try to learn or just try to adapt, try to see different things. So, yeah, I think, I think, I think part of life is trying to constantly grow, you know, realize your mistakes, realize the good things about you, realize the bad things about you always try to figure to tweak it always try to make it better but accept that life is life and keep pushing and just keep trying to get the most out of it you can really that's well, my kind of motto when you approach an album and you put it out as a piece of art are you trying to top yourself or are you just comfortable with uh this is the story i want to tell and that in itself is what you know you're proud of or is it all just a money grab and this is just you put up whatever <laughs> <laughs> um I, I don't look at it as What's funny is people often people ask me that I kind of never listen to a, to any of my old music unless someone else is playing it or I get in a car. You know, the last thing I probably heard was whatever the last album I put out during the time I put it out or trying to learn songs from it. Other than that, I'm not trying to top myself. I'm just trying to keep it moving while I have the ability. I always try to just um, not top the album, but top myself as an MC to make sure I could stay on a high level and. Really, that's my personal challenge for myself to see how long I can stay on a high level because it's not a bunch of fucking accolades you get besides from the people who, who love you and, you know, consider me one of the top tier lyricists, which is a great thing. But it's more so to say 
how long could I have been dope? You know what I mean? How long could I push the envelope? Especially with, I look at my peers and how many of them stay busy and how, how I try to clock their work ethic and clock their consistency and just at least say, uh, you know, I went hard. Yo, we saw you, uh, we saw the locks perform at Sony Hall, man, I guess four months ago, something like that. It feels like eight years it ago. It does feel like a, lo- yeah. like a long time ago. But uh, shout out to Ev Boogie and everybody who put that show on. Um, you guys killed it. You, you brought back a whole lot of like mixtape tracks, songs you hadn't done in 20 years. How is that to go back and like sound check and, and learn and figure out like, oh, what did I say through this? It's just rough, but it, it works. <laughs> it's rough, but it's fun. <laughs> were you surprised by any verses that you that you were a part of? Yeah, some days, I, some days I'm, I'm very shocked. Like some days, I, I some days I just I don't know. I think when you're constantly trying to move forward on something, you kind of forget shit. You forget a lot of shit, actually. Well, I, not you, I me. Mean, I forget a lot of shit, and I'm like, oh shit, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, wait a minute. I'm that fucking dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, but like you are somebody it, it's it's not surprising to me that I wouldn't that you wouldn't uh, listen to your old verses, but you are somebody who is introspective and you are somebody who thinks about your journey and all that stuff. Are you someone who can look back at like videos of your past performances or like are you somebody who thinks about the past? Um, you know, things that happened when you were 16, 17 and really like lives in that moment like do you get nostalgic yeah i get a lot of nostalgia when i'm when, only when i'm making music though that's what's funny like i don't really get it regularly but like say if i'm making music and something pops in my mind or something then i it's like i feel the moment like you know what i mean i think every part of that kind of thing makes you you the person you are in that day like you know what i mean so it's kind of like you start remembering your journey or what what makes you tick sort of in a way we were talking to our friend uh jinx brandon jinx jenkins uh you know jinx from state of the culture uh obviously you know mogul podcast all that stuff and uh jinx told us the other day that when you were on set at stage of the cult at uh, state of the culture he told you that holiday from from the rough riders compilation was his favorite song by you ever and you were like yo you're a wild boy. Like, <laughs> um, when you think back to that time, uh, what do you think about Styles P or or David Styles or whoever you were in recording a song like Holiday? Yeah, what what, what made you different then than than you are now? Violence. I think violence and just being um, just really uh, when you when you I, I guess to say when you um. When you get into hip hop, but you have a very street background, or you've been on the street, it was very hard for me to um, differentiate, like you know what was what. I just started all taking it in, because at that time, what people don't understand is a lot of rappers would get robbed, or they would get played, or get extorted if they were soft, like you know what I mean. And we didn't do security. I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna not be outside or not be able to go to places I've always went to or wanted to go. So I had a I would say I would say ego and ego anger and less maturity but that's kind of life it kind of ain't going through a lot of shit when you go through a lot of shit you know it kind of makes you aggressive sometimes if you don't get a mental hold of what you've been through and find a way to accept it and 
deal with the feelings, you know, it can get a grab on you. Well, what's the moment that you can look back at and be like, yo, that was the turning point when I figured out that I was comfortable with myself, that I didn't need, you know, to, to keep looking over my shoulder in a certain way. I didn't need to act out in a certain way, or I didn't need to puff my chest up to make up for something else. I don't know, because I think I always knew that, but just kind of when you're in a mix of something, I just got tired of getting in trouble, I would say. I just got tired of it. More so than anything, I got tired of getting in trouble, and I got tired of um, I, I, I'm a person who loves peace. Like, you know, I love to laugh, and I love peace. I like peace and quiet. I like chilling, and I love to laugh. So I think when you start, when you don't find peace in your life or you don't find the peace that you're looking for, you you start readjusting everything to find what you need. Like, you know, so for me, it was pretty much looking at it, looking at it from that point of view and, and as a businessman and look thinking about people who were looking up to me besides being a parent, thinking about the youth and just saying, maybe I could show it a different way, or at least play my part and go, hey, I know the story. You know the story. I know your story, you know, because knuckleheads don't want to hear from other people who are knuckleheads. So kind of just took it as my job to try to move on, be better, spread the word and kind of go from there like you know yeah i think you know everybody knows if 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 they listen to your music if they follow you on social media everybody knows what what family means to you everybody knows what you know the locks means to you but but beyond that who is somebody who who just like played such a major role in in your life in in leading you or maybe like keeping you from going a certain way who's somebody who gave you advice uh, or looked out for you, or just like tapped you on the shoulder and said, "Yo, like you're doing the right thing." Um, kind of everybody around me, really. <laughs> like whoever's a, you said, no family, no music. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> all right, not family, not music. I would say my um, my my juice comrades. Mm. Besides my family and um. My wife, my mother, of course, my yeah. two partners in a group. I would say my juice comrades. They keep me, you know, and then um, people who come up to me on the street about about health. About health. It keeps me on my one, too. It keeps me letting me know, all right, I'm fighting the cause that's worth it. You know what I mean? Try to stay as smart as possible. Try to stay level as possible. Try to be humble as possible. But remain yourself and, you know, just keep pushing forward. So I would say... Um, I would say my juice comrades, and I would say I try to. I I don't really have too many, too many friends that ain't friends. Like you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of them, I'm not one of them guys. Like you know what I'm not. I, I tell people I'm cool, but I'm not. Um, I'm not over social. So the people I fuck with are the people I fuck with, and I pretty much get that from me. I should I get that from you guys? Yeah. yeah well, I mean, every, like every every you know everything everybody who you connect with should have bring positive energy to you a positive light and just even seeing that sometimes keeps you on your on your one too and it just makes you want to stay surrounded with people like that and just keep pushing forward so that's what i try to do in life period just try to surround myself with people i know i i I fuck with that are really genuine yeah i mean like i i am always um grateful i think is the word um that you like We'd known Jada for the longest, the longest, like way, way, way longer than, than than we known you. But when we became friends with you, then we became friends with the Locks. And so, like, what was it 
when you came over to our apartment and we had that first conversation, like how immediate was that, um, that we were like actually friends for you? Like when did you actually feel that in the moment or was it after? Yeah, I got the organic. I, I, I always go with a feeling from people. Like, you know what I mean? I just go with it. I go with energy more than anything. Like, um, I always go with energy and, and when I walk somewhere or anything, I just try to, especially in a room or a room with limited amount of people, the first thing I do is try to make sure I greet them properly and then see the energy I receive. Like, you know, and then from there, I looked around, I, I, I liked you guys' content. I looked around like I had set up, then I seen the movies y'all was into, so <laughs> It's really, really organic. Like I'm a black white guy. <laughs> I think my street for for us too. Like I, I think people, and I'm sure people who are listening to this already understand this. But man, we we grew up off the locks. You know, like it it meant everything to us to hear our bus driver playing down bottom. Like you understand? Like like we would we would you know wait to hear Green Lantern like play you know like freestyles by you or k slay play stuff by like you know chic or or hear you know jada talking to angie like that that's how we grew up like like if we could have had some you know uh let the locks go shirts we would have worn them every single day like like our parents didn't understand but but the locks was everything for us and to to be able to get to a place now where we're not only like, you know, doing a podcast with you. We're not only like, you know, calling you up just to like bullshit or like talk about versus battles or like all of that. But to actually be friends with you is the highest honor, honestly, in our in our life. And it's it's mind blowing to us because, again, you know, there there's that idea of, of separation. Yeah, you grew up like 10 minutes from us. Yeah. You know, you, you have this career, but when it's broken down to its its finest form, all it is is you're a funny guy who loves what you do. We're funny guys who love what we do. And somewhere in this world, we connected and we can't, you know, thank you enough for for the opportunity to to rock with us regularly as friends, but also to put us on your album, uh, which is something that lasts forever. It's just uh, an absolute honor. So so thank you for that. The honor and pleasure is mine, my brothers. The honor and pleasure is mine. We've been listening to a lot of your music just, you know, to get in that in that vibe. Um Obviously, everybody. Well, no, we listened to your music just because. No, I, I, I know, but I'm just saying specifically, uh, there were songs that we revisited to, to just you know, uh, to hear again. And um, everybody knows about, uh, you know, the respect that Rick Ross has for the Locks, and the Locks has for for Rick Ross. Um, one song that I, that gets overlooked, and it's funny because it just showed up in my in my iTunes the other day, and I was like, oh right, you fucking murked this. Was uh, Keys to the Crib, which was yeah. Uh, which was, you know, it's not like, um, you know, the biggest collaboration that you had, but it is such a fucking strong song. Talk about uh, your respect for Rick Ross. I fuck with him, man. I, I fuck with Ross. I think I love anybody who's a student in their craft, man. He's a very humble dude. It's cool. It's always a pleasure working with him. But I really respect him because he's really a student to the game. Like, you know what I mean? And, and that's what's really intelligent, I believe. I think that's that's why he does good business and does good moves like he does what he does but he's actually a real real student in the craft and game but you know there are a lot of people who like that but you could tell he's indebted in the study of the craft 
Talk about uh, another friend of ours, uh, Poobs, who uh, works with you guys, obviously, at, at D-Block Studios, writes with you on, on certain film ideas that you have, but, uh, you know, might be under the radar for a lot of people who might just know Styles P. Talk about what, what Poobs brings to your guys' whole environment. He brings what Phil Jackson brought to the Bulls. LSD? You know? <laughs> 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 Nah, smoke, 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 good direction, and um, a guy who knows how to keep things running, man. You know what I mean? Um, all my mixtape me probably you wouldn't even have a mixtape me without poops. Like you know what I mean? Um, his dedicate dedication and and honor to the craft and just the culture period is fucking amazing. He's an amazing writer. You know, I'm look, I'm looking forward to our films getting out there one day. Yep. Um, I fucking love him. That's my brother, man. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine. It's hard to do work without him. Um, I, I never, I never. Um, he structures all my albums and everything. I, I don't even bother to even with a sequence. Well, no matter what I do, <laughs> I just send it right, send it right to pools. Whip me up a sequence, like you know what I mean, all that. So it's kind of like he's your consigliere. He's, he's like a coach trainer. Well, how did you meet him? He's from Yakas. Yeah. But like, yeah, just everybody from young. Well, I know that, but I'm saying like, you know, like, do you remember like where you like what first brought him into the that circle? Was, I knew Poobs when he was younger. I'm from up the block from where Poobs is from. When you think back to uh, growing up and and uh, running around Yonkers, you know, as a as a as even before you were a young adult, um, talk about what what Uptown meant and and what relationship uh, you might have had with Andre Harrell uh, later on like did did you did you live for like heavy D music did you appreciate the fact that like you know that was Mount Vernon and it's not far from Yonkers and and you know it's like yeah, a I local a local guy made I good I love and I love P-Rock and CL Smooth too yeah so um I think Andre shit I wouldn't be on the phone with you probably right now if it wasn't for Andre Harrell because that's what put Buff on so I think in this game we always have to pay homage to people who open doors, you know, widen the path and brought people along. So may sleep in peace. Cool dude too, man. Always fucking cool. Always gave good advice. Down to earth. Always smiling. So I'm 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 thankful because as I said, it would be no Andre Harrell, no Puff. You know what I mean? No Puff. You may never heard heard the locks and how you were supposed to. So Yeah. May may you sleep in peace. For sure. Um, and on that note, I mean, like, what was your relationship like with Fred the Godson? Oh, Fred was my dog, man. Fred was my dog. God bless Fred, too, man. God bless Shooter, too. East, East is homeboy. That's my man, too. Fred is Fred was an incredible MC, man. His wordplay was ridiculous. I got. I know we got a couple joints together. Um, he used to always come check me on Castle Hill Juice Bar. He'll be well missed. Yeah. Um, and uh, obviously, uh, you know, Jada's last album was, was uh, dedicated to uh, Ice Pick, Jay Jackson, Ignatius. Um, can you talk about what what uh, Ice Pick brought to your life? Energy, intelligence, hope. Um, I think I, I think his character and just what he brought to the table period was it was it was always. Um, He's a great energy guy. He's a great moral guy. Great morale guy. Great spirit guy. 
you know, he was just a he was just an amazing individual, man. It's certain it's certain things like with music, like your um your ice picks and your pools and you know, people are used to seeing the artists sort of producing and kinda of don't really get to see all the time the people who make the clock tick. You know what I mean? Who keep it ticking, who's the mechanics of the thing. So you know, pick pick was a fucking battery. He was an absolute battery, and he was an absolutely beautiful soul. Still is. Not yeah. Part of me with the was still is. You know, just not here physically. So, um, I just always appreciate all the energy he brought. Yeah, yeah. Well, all listen. The ideas he brought. Yeah. Um, I want to talk quickly about like some people that might have been running around New York around the same time as you that you didn't get a chance to record with at the time. But, you know, maybe because, you know, you guys were doing your own thing and they were doing their own thing or for whatever reason. But, like, is there anybody else, is there anybody who you feel like you missed out on during your and their, like, prime young days? I'm fucking still prime, Jeff. <laughs> That's the fucking Jeff, Jeff tried to word that so well. Jeff was like, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to offend him. <laughs> nah, um... <laughs> Not really. I feel like I were. Oh, maybe Nas. I see Nas. Why didn't that happen? I don't know. We always say we're gonna do it. We always say we're gonna do it. We never do it. This is for years. Styles, uh, you have long talked about this Locks album coming out. Loyalty and Love has been recorded. It has been put out. You guys did a video for it. That exists. Um, is there an actual date for the Locks album? And if so, what are we working towards right now? I would say, I say, I say the Locks album should be out next month. Oh. J- July tops. Do you feel like the sort of, uh, the hunger out there is still there for music like this? And I'm saying like, you know, that, that same attitude of you have to feed your family and you have to make things work by any means necessary and you have to like make it to the next day. Do you feel like that is, is ever more present these days while we're all trying to figure out like what tomorrow looks like? Um... Not as much as it should be, to be honest. You know, but I think the um, I think the whole point of music is you're gonna get a little bit of everything. I think a lot of people do miss that and are looking for it. Then there's also a lot of people who aren't looking for it and just kind of one thing. So I think my job as an MC is just, you know, to provide for those who do want. Like you know what I mean? You can't. And knowing it's a fan base for it, and knowing it's a core base for it, and knowing it's people that's like it, you just provide. You can't worry about if it's the main shit, if it's the dopest shit, if it gets enough attention. Just knowing somebody's gonna listen, it's my job to provide. And just keep 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 it keep it going. Well, listen, Styles, congratulations on this new album, Ghost Your Enthusiasm, you. uh, available on all DSPs. I don't know if people still go to you know record stores or whatever, but I I'm, do. I'm sure it'll be there. Yeah. Uh, shout out to uh, to Hovain. Shout out to Poobs. Shout out to uh, Dazel. Shout out to you know, Sheik and Jada Kiss and Noah, Noah, and everybody who was a part of this. Shout out to us, Jeff, because we fucking killed it. Um, yeah, yes, I did. And uh, and listen, Styles, uh, like I said, it's an honor to be on this project. Shouts to you for continuing to put out just dynamic verses. Uh, every project. This is something that lasts forever, and uh, we appreciate that both as fans and friends and and family. Um, thank you for everything. Uh, stay safe. Send our love to to Adjua, to Noah, to everybody, and uh, and we'll and be tell checking Madonna in. to stop. Uh, you know, doing whatever Madonna's doing. <laughs> <laughs> she just barked.
wrong what you said. <laughs> Styles, you're the best. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Love, love. Talk to y'all later. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this new episode of A Waste of Time with It's The Real. Jeff, people want to find out more about us. I'm Eric with the curly hair. You're Jeff with the glasses. Together, we are It's The Real. No apostrophe, no spaces. Jeff, people want to find out more about this podcast, which is five years old. It's called A Waste of Time with It's The Real. Jeff, people want to find out more about the guys who lead off that Styles P album, Ghost Your Enthusiasm in stores right now. Where can they go? Literally anywhere. You can just go anywhere. Go to patreon.com slash it's the real. Join our Patreon today. If you really want to know who we are, go to it's the real.com. There's links to everything. Uh, we have our Twitter at twitter.com slash it's the real. We are also on Instagram.com slash it's the real. You know what I really like, Jeff? I like when people go on our Instagram at Instagram.com slash it's the real and they read a description from an episode and they say, How did you guys get into that conversation? The answer listen yeah just that's it just press play it's it it's really easy jeff now's the time of the podcast where we like to shout people out who would you like to shout out this week i want to shout out my man jonathan at cvs oh shout out to jonathan we saw him this morning yeah he uh he works there and every time that anybody walks in he goes these guys are famous he he is right yeah and uh we picked up some toothpaste so now we are famous people with nice teeth yeah you can't see him behind the masks but Jeff, I want to shout out a whole bunch of people who were so instrumental to Waste Time with It's The Real while we were actually having human beings over here for this podcast. I want to shout out Tommy Battle. I want to shout out Nick Watkin. I want to shout out Nia Adams. I want to shout out Justin Fleischer. I want to shout out Randy Snapgod. I want to shout out, man, uh, a whole bunch of people. Lenz Anderson. I want to shout out um, Anthony Gethers. I want to shout out Carl Ferguson and Johan Cheriboga, who uh, was our videographer. I want to shout out everybody who played a part in, in elevating this experience of A Waste of Time with It's The Real for all you guys out there. We appreciate everybody who has subscribed on whatever platform you listen to us. And thank you for spreading the word. As always, guys, not for real, for real. Sure, sure. We'll see you guys next week. Right. Right.